Hello and welcome to the Greetings from Wherever podcast. This show is about artistic inspiration and the creative process. Thank you so much for tuning in. Big thank you to all the patrons who make this show possible. To learn how you can join and support the show, head over to patreon.com slash Music. Let's begin. I'd like to welcome Rick Steinberg to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's nice to be here. This is this is really fun. Uh, Rick and I go uh, way back to playing. We really met when I was working at Starbucks, and then we kind of connected uh, while I was kind of getting my roots here in Austin at open mics, um, especially at Firehouse Lounge. Um, and that was always a good time. Every Wednesday night, I feel like we would chat, hang out, drink, have a good time, and uh, and and we're still still good buddies after all this time, which is so it's really cool to to be able to reconnect with you in this way, even even though times are weird right now. <laughs> definitely, definitely, yeah. I've been looking forward to to talking with you and uh, actually talking instead of texting. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Uh, well, yeah, this show uh, it's all about the creative process, and uh, I'm really really stoked about all the different types of mediums that I've have kind of presented how they create on this show, um, different types of artists and that do all sorts of things like filmmaking. There's been an author, uh, comedians, songwriters, just a little bit of everything. So I know you're a songwriter, but today I'd really like to focus on on your painting and your art. I think that is just something that I really want to dive into and, and really a world that I don't know a lot about. And I think a lot of the questions I ask you are probably going to be coming from a songwriter perspective because that's the only way I know how to relate. So, so I'm really looking forward to kind of talking to you about all this stuff and, and learning from you and sharing, sharing our conversation. Um, so what have you been up to during quarantine to stay creatively busy? Uh, well, I've, I've keep rehearsing with the, with my music, you know, with, so that I don't get totally rusty. Um, but I've worked almost every day uh, in my studio um, for one thing, it's, it's, uh, calming, very calming. Um, I could put everything else out of my mind. So no matter how devastating the, the news report was or, uh, whatever's going on, um, that's helped a lot. So I've been very productive during the quarantine time because I've been able to continue to, uh, to work on the art and yeah. my, uh, I did have the issue where my house, uh, flooded due to a, a plumbing malfunction, and I was lucky that my room that I paint in was relatively unaffected, so I uh, was able to continue even with that. So. Yeah, that's that's good. I I definitely was worried about that when you when you told me that. I was like, oh no, the paintings. Ah, like there's a lot to worry about with that, but definitely would hate to hear that anything happened to those paintings. So I'm glad that uh glad that room wasn't too affected. That's awesome. Um, uh. So I guess, you know, you kind of got into like, it's been a pretty calming presence for you um, this year during all these times. But, uh, you know, I guess overall, um, thinking kind of back to, you know, even before, why do you, why do you paint? Why do you make your art? Like what, what brings you back to do this all the time? Well, I grew up in a, in a family where my father was an artist. He was a painter. He was an abstract expressionist painter and a professor of art at a university. So it was kind of, uh, I was encouraged to do that right from the beginning. Um, I was, uh, 
a little unusual amongst the other children that I went to school with because in our house, there were no coloring books. Coloring books were kind of outlawed. <laughs> so I've never been good at staying within the lines. <laughs> but uh, uh, there was that. And then, um, you know, I taught art for 17 years and then I ended up teaching music for another 17 years. So I was involved with, uh, with the arts, you know, in my career teaching. Um, then when I retired, my, my father had just passed away just before I retired. And I felt like uh, to honor him that I would, you know, do six pieces of art or something like that. And I got started and it became a thing. And just um, all of a sudden I was way past six pieces and <laughs> trying to figure out how did this happen? Uh, it was very natural feeling, I think. Yeah. And, uh, it's a crazy thing because, you know, I, I read there's been a lot of times I really like to talk to my dad and ask him some questions or just for him to know he would be so happy that I had done that, come back to that and really dove into it, you know, 100 percent. Yeah, it's it's interesting how you say that, because I think um, I can relate uh you know, with songwriting, I think I got into it uh, when my brother passed away. Um, and like, I kind of, I mean, I had always like kind of written songs, but I think that was the moment when it became a deeper thing for me. Um, and I was around uh, 18 at the time. And yeah, I mean, it kind of started as just a self-therapy thing. And just like, I was like, okay, I'm going to write a couple songs and then that's probably going to be it, you know? And then that turned into just like, okay, I, I mean, so many years later i'm still doing it and you know it's it's uh it's it's a wild thing to think about how these things start sometimes you know and uh and unfortunately sometimes it's out of tragedy and you know i can relate in in a big way to what you're saying um but uh yeah it's um kind of it was less about um uh, i guess you know honoring a passion of his and and more about uh just kind of helping myself out, I guess, through it, you know, and I think that's, uh, that's an interesting thing. Um, to the different ways people start doing their art form. Um, but, uh, yeah, I want to encourage people before we get too far into it to, uh, to definitely visit Rick's website at artworksricksteinberg.com and then, uh, go visit, um, and follow him on Facebook and Instagram at Rick Steinberg artworks. Um, I know you're posting stuff, every week maybe more often sometimes uh it's really cool to see what you've been doing how all these pieces come together there's all sorts of stuff there's like a a video tour of a piece that you did that kind of you're you're playing music in the background and it's kind of zooming up on different parts of the the piece and that that's just a really cool idea i i definitely thought that was really interesting and awesome to see that from from your perspective and also to be able to play that music in the background it's kind of cool to have both mediums in one place like that that's awesome right yeah i'll sit down and just play with the video you know and uh it's pretty funny because sometimes you'll be going along and go okay i got about 10 more seconds i got to bring this to an end so <laughs> a couple of them i feel like the the ending's a little contrived but uh <laughs> But uh, I'm interested in what you said about writing songs and, and your brother, because I think that that's just uh, that is a powerful thing for people that are creative. And I think that people feel the need sometimes to be creative and express themselves. And that's a 
a, a very powerful subject or uh, reason to do that. And you may have felt, um, I discovered one night, kind of late at night when I was feeling kind of frustrated that I couldn't talk to my dad about it. And I was, you know, uh, having a having a glass of bourbon and <laughs> saying, yeah. okay, dad, I'm doing this, uh, you know, I hope you can see it, you know. Yeah. Uh, but one thing I discovered that night was that, that doing the artwork, even though he wasn't able to be around to really see it in person, but that, that was kind of like his last lesson to me, his last gift to me. And so when you were talking about your brother, I was thinking to myself that that was maybe that was kind of like a, a last gift to you from your brother, even, you know, uh, that that lit that that spark, you know, that, you know, so that uh, you found something that became a passion for you. Yeah, I mean, it changed my whole life in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, you know, that that event did in so many different ways, but, you know, definitely in the way that all of a sudden songwriting is a big part of my life and uh and sharing that with people I, you know became that became more of a, a thing later on uh because i had uh really written these songs for myself to kind of play in my dorm room in college and just deal with my stuff and then eventually there was like an open mic thing and i played at it and um people told me they could really relate to the lyrics and stuff. And that was the moment that I think I was just hooked forever. And like, you know, that whole thing of, you know, I could really relate to what you were saying. It reminded me of this situation and blah, blah, blah. And just to be able to connect with people in that way, it's just like, okay, I think I just, I didn't realize it, but at the time I, I had like committed to a lifelong thing, I think, <laughs> you know, in a, right. in a strange way. Yeah. You um, found, you found a voice, you know, you found your yeah. voice through music. Um, and uh, I feel like that's happened to me with music as well. And, and it's a powerful thing because uh, I think that we, uh, we always want to, it, to our, our creative people, especially I think want to articulate their feelings and their thoughts and, and do something with it instead of just mull over it and become depressed with it or, or, uh, or have, moments of joy with it and not really know what to do with that energy. So it, it, um, it definitely, and I think it's a very elemental thing. Um, I used to talk to my students and I would say, you know, they have found, um, you know, all the cave art that people did, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago and even found a flute that was made like 37,000 years ago which was a number too big for even me to get my mind around. But yeah. we kind of talked about it. And I said, you know, we're talking about like cave people, you know, and he said, you know, with cave people, it's, you know, it's pretty much survival, you know, and we talked to the kids, what do you, what do you need to survive? Well, you need shelter, you need food, you need water. And I said, so you have, you know, shelter, food, water, and a flute. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. so it's like, or, or pictures on the, or somebody decides to put some pictures of what they hunted or what they hoped for or whatever on the, on the walls so that the, the art aspect is actually, I think, very elemental, you know, in a way that we don't necessarily always recognize in modern life. Yeah. But I think that it's amazing that, that people had, you know, so little 
you know, at that time, but yet they felt the need to have music and they felt the need to have art. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a very interesting thought. Yeah. That's, that's very deep. Um, and uh, yeah, for sure. Like meeting all the need. I mean, cause I think about, uh, you know, my life and, you know, yes, I'm very lucky to have all my basic needs met, you know, but at the same time, it's like, I put music and creating music right up there with eating and sleeping and, <laughs> You know, it's like, it's almost just, it has to happen, you know, it's a, or I just don't feel right. Um, which, uh, you know, it's, it's been, it's been such an interesting adjustment this year because I used to think that, uh, performing had to happen like that, you know, like it, that was part of how I breathe every day, you know, but it's, uh, it's interesting and I think it is, but I think I've just found different ways to do it. Um, you know, with uh, putting out different videos of me playing songs and doing live streams on Wednesdays where I just play live for 30 to 40 minutes. And it's not the same as hearing like a crowd of people drinking and having a good time <laughs> play, you know, but, you know, they'll comment or like something and you just kind of have to accept that for almost the same thing, which is a really it's a really interesting thing this year adjusting to that. But yeah, um. Do you, I think it's harder for music than it is for art. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like uh, your art is like a major part of how you get through your day to day? Like, is that like, uh, you know, do you feel that way where it's like up, up with uh, breathing and eating? And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely, the times when I, when I'm not able to do, uh, to work, I definitely feel that and feel that, uh, I have to tell myself it's okay that you didn't work today because you had to do this or that, you know, some activities that you had to do that, that took you away from it. But um, um, yeah, I think it's, it definitely is. Um, I feel if I've done good work with the artwork um, at the end of the day, uh, I feel very satisfied with that. And if there's, there are going to be days where you're going to be frustrated that you, things didn't work out the way that you planned or, or you didn't get to do very much, or maybe you didn't get to do it at all. But, uh, and I've kind of learned uh, some things that I can do that don't take a lot of time that uh, don't take making a mess. Maybe, you know, if you don't have time to, to do that. Um, so kind of some ways to stay involved um, with uh, the visual aspect of it, things that can feed into the, to the paintings and to the art pieces um, that are not in, in themselves um, art pieces, you know. Um, yeah. I do a lot of, with photography, um, like uh, <laughs> the thing I've been doing, it's kind of a silly thing, but I'll make little still life photographs of objects that I have, you know, in my house. And then I will edit them and play around with the, the visual aspects of the photograph and so I've uh, kind of come to think of that as being kind of like photographic sketching, you know, instead of using a pencil or chalk or something like that, I'm, I'm using an image that's photographic. And there's some great uh, editing things that you can do. Uh, it's amazing to me, you know, that you can do that, you know, on your iPad or on your phone even, you know. Yeah, it's um, crazy crazy so, those possibilities for sure with with that stuff man um, yeah, and those things those things show up in the art pieces because you know sometimes you'll 
get an idea from that that or you'll literally print one of the photographs and it'll become part of a collage piece that involves the photographs and paint and uh, for me, a lot of times also the, the found objects or the repurposed objects. Yeah, I wanted to talk about the, the found objects. Um, have Now, kind of what gave you the idea to start using found objects within your art? Have you seen other artists do that? Or was that just something that just sort of hit you? Like, I, I should use this um, on a painting. And also, like, explain what that means to add a found object to, to a painting like that. Um, yeah, uh, it's weird because sometimes I get kind of tangled up in, is it a found object or are you repurposing this or are you recycling this? But basically it's, you know, an alternative material to just, for instance, uh, painting. Traditionally, a lot of times people think that you paint on canvas. Um, and I do that sometimes, but, uh, um, a lot of times I paint on wood panels, which makes it easier to screw things onto than a canvas. Um, but uh, I think that uh, one of the things about my process is that I'm always trying to see possibilities. What are the possibilities of an object or a shape or a color? And so um, in doing that, you know, I kind of have collected a lot of, of different materials that I find interesting. Um, and I'm being actually trying to be kind of playful with that. You know, you, you're kind of, you might uh, think, you know, I wonder if this object would look good here. And then you put it on there and you say yes or no, or uh, a lot of times you'll grab something that is close to you that was not in your preferred box of stuff, you know, and it works perfectly. It just fits in perfectly. So you're seeing the possibilities of that particular piece. Um, a lot of times I'm looking for something that that's going to give me color. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at a, maybe a piece of scrap metal that's blue. Um, there's some of that in this painting that we're going to talk about later. Nice. Um, so when I find objects, um, you know, I, I may pick them because of the color. I may pick them because of the uh, texture. Um, also just because of the material um, like scrap metal, and of course, for a painting, it has to be relatively flat, um, but scrap metal, and it has to be not too heavy, um, is kind of a nice material because it's so different than the materials that you're using, like the paint and, and wood. So I try to use a, a variety of things, but not to be real contrived about it, to let it kind of happen uh, organically, kind of naturally. Yeah. Um, but definitely there's a, a sense of being playful, a sense of being spontaneous. Um, and I think that it, uh, it adds a different element to it. Now, uh, you asked about where, what influenced me on that. Um, my father every now and then used found objects. He loved an artist, and I, I like him too, an artist named Robert Rauschenberg, that um, pretty much that was his thing. He was part of the pop art movement in the, in the 60s. And his pieces, he would call them um, combo pieces because I guess he was combining all these different things. And um, so sometimes when I've got a piece that really has, ends up being built of a lot of things, I'll, I'll say that 
I did the full Rauschenberg on that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> nice. Yeah. So, that's good. Yeah. So the, and there's other artists I've seen do that. But. That's cool. Yeah. I, I guess I'm wondering too, because it sounds like um, from the way you described it before, a lot of times you're kind of adding these found objects to something you're already kind of working on. Has that ever worked the other way where you find an object and you're like, I want to do a piece using that and I'm going to do the whole painting around that thing. Does it ever work that way? Yeah, I think sometimes it does. Yeah. Um, I'm always on the lookout for uh, materials that are flat that yeah. could, be the, could, could be the structure of a painting. Um, I've made some paintings out of, uh, they're basically shelves from uh, that I've bought at thrift shops, you, you know, something from Ikea that, you know, where it's a metal shelf or something. And, and you think, well, I could make the piece of art on this and, and uh, th this gives me the structure I can work with. The, the piece that we're gonna talk about today is actually made from a, a door. So um, every now and then I'm able to scrounge some doors, uh, particularly interior doors, which are not very heavy um, and cut them and kind of prepare them as a piece that I can, can work with. So sometimes it starts that way. And sometimes like you're, I think more what you're thinking of maybe is just a very interesting object that um, sometimes, uh, sometimes it's just an interesting object. Sometimes it might represent uh, something uh, that could be something in a painting, you know? Yeah. Uh, I had a, a, an old guitar that was just totally junk, you know, it had broken three or four times. And uh, so finally I kind of took it apart and, the top of the guitar became kind of the torso and the body of a horse. Oh wow! So, um, so you you don't always have you don't always have to have it be a guitar, of course. But it's kind of cool that it's like a horse. But when you kind of get close to it or look at it the right way, you go, "Oh, there's a guitar in there. There's part of a guitar." Yeah, in there. that's uh, really neat. You know, something on your website that I really liked a lot. I mean, I. It's a great website. Everyone should go check it out. But, uh, you know, one thing I really thought was cool is, you know, this show is all about the creative process. And a lot of people are not so open about that, whether they just don't feel it's important to be or they just don't really feel like sharing that side of their art. But with you on your homepage, it really lays it out. You know, you have a little section called something like, this is my creative process. And you talk about kind of a lot of the things we've mentioned already and stuff like that. And I think that's awesome. And I think one thing on there that stood out to me is letting the creative process determine part or all of the outcome. I think that's a really interesting um, thing that you're getting at. And the way, the way it comes off to me, at least the way I'm interpreting it is it's almost like you're handing this off to the creative process and just letting it happen as opposed to like it being you doing the thing. Is that what you're getting at with that? Well, I think that uh, my best results many times come from using that process. I think if you have a, a, a very definite idea of what you're trying to do when you start a new piece, um, there's uh, more possibilities, I think, to be disappointed with it because maybe the thing that you actually do doesn't hold up to the idea that you had. Um, whereas if you kind of are letting things happen you know, you may have, I may start a piece, uh, a lot of the pieces that I have have the human figure in it. Um, 
So I may be working very loosely, very abstractly, but kind of have in the back of my mind the, the human form. And, and I'll do some of the initial work and then I'll take a look at it, evaluate it. And I might start seeing um, figures doing certain things or figures that, that look like a certain type of person or uh, have a certain emotion to them. Um, and so I will, uh, if I, I may accentuate that, I may work with that and make, bring that out so that that uh, objective thing that comes out of that is more evident, or I may just leave it as kind of a, um, well, we'll see what, uh, if people find this too, you know, um, and other people, people will find other things. And I think that, uh, my father being an abstract artist, you know, he kind of went back and forth on that, you know, at times that he, at times he would be like, Oh, well, uh, I wish people could just appreciate it for just being this abstract piece of art. And I think actually later in life, he began to kind of embrace the fact that people started, would comment on what they saw in the pieces. Um, and interestingly, I, I was able to talk to him about his art um, the year before he passed. I was very lucky to, to have done that and taped it. And, um, and it was interesting how he would tell me about what was on his mind when he created pieces. And many times it was very different than what I was seeing. You know, once I, once he told me about it, I'd say, Oh, I, yeah, I get it now. But I think that it's good to allow people to, to look at pieces of art. And if it speaks to them, if it has a different story for them, you know, uh, I think that's a good thing because I think that it's good for people to look at things and, and relate to it. The, personally however they relate to it you know so. yeah I, I think that's that's interesting and something i've actually talked about on this show before with a with another songwriter um yeah people totally sometimes people will you know come up at a show and be like i really like that song about blah 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 and it's like totally the wrong like totally not what i was going for but it's like i've learned to just say thank you and <laughs> not like <laughs> correct them or anything like that because like so what, you know, yeah. I think it's, it's, that's kind of the beauty of it. You know, I think with, with art and just putting your stuff out there like that, people are going to interpret it different ways. And I think if they're thinking about it in that way and like thinking deeply and really interpreting something, that's the highest compliment they could give you in a lot of ways anyways. And it's, it's kind of cool if they think about it in a different way than you intended. I think I've learned to, to come to terms with that. Uh, which is interesting. One question that I've asked all the guests that have come on the show so far, because I find it very interesting and, and just kind of the idea of putting yourself in like another life or another uh, art form. Is there, is there maybe an art form or medium that you have not explored that you're curious about? Like if you could be successful at any type of art, what would it be? Like it could be acting or comedy or, whatever it is, is there something you haven't done that you would, you're like really wanting to try or like have wanted to explore? Well, um, I think it, uh, you're talking about the author, you know, that's a, um, uh, that's something I, I have written some short stories at times and I enjoyed that very much and they were very short. Um, so, I always feel like, you know, to be able to, uh, to write a, a novel, something that long, 
Um, and I always wonder how people conceive of when they start off with the characters in the setting, do they have the whole story laid out like storyboard form almost, uh, or just do things happen uh, as they go along um, to create that? So I think that, uh, and I think what you were just talking about before that too, uh, the, the feedback thing, and I think with the, being an author, especially of a novel, that it would be, one of the difficulties would be not getting feedback uh, easily, uh, quickly. And I think artists really need that. Um, I mean, like I'm really enjoying this because this is an opportunity for me to talk to you about what we do yeah share back and forth and and you really crave that i think at times you know you crave some feedback you you want to know what people think when they see a painting you know or listen to a song or read read a chapter of your book you know um, yeah so uh i think the writing i've always liked writing um i've, I've always also been um it would be it would be really cool to do a movie. <laughs> oh yeah, you know totally. something longer than just like a video. You know, yeah. Uh, to to I guess direct a movie or or uh, or even to act in a movie. I think acting is is uh, um, you can kind of almost sometimes think, oh well, that's not that hard. You just act like this, you know. But but yeah. then you then you see a video of yourself playing a three minute song, and and you think, oh my gosh, I'm so kind of awkward looking there, you know. And, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think it uh, with music. My experience with the music is that that the more you do it, and the more time that you spend doing it, the more comfortable that you get. And I think that, uh, and I'm curious to know how you feel about this too, but I think that you, you have a character almost that, that you become when you're a musician to a certain extent. Um, and for me, I mean, I actually, when I, when I turned 60, I decided that I, at 60, that I was going to make a blues name for myself. Yeah, know? totally. So then I kind of became Stone House, you know, and uh, my wife, it, always comments on that that's a character you know kind of that that's kind of an act so it's very limited because you're it's pretty much just limited to singing your songs and uh playing the guitar and maybe a little bit of banter in between um but i always admire people that can actually really take that you know and really do a lot with it uh, uh a friend of my oldest daughter's um uh, her husband was in a band with them and he would, they all had kind of different names for that band. And he would uh, use this accent like he was from Romania or something like that. And, <laughs> and he would go into that character and he would be, he was, I, I was at one of their shows one time and I heard two guys talk and they said, this guy, he's totally committed to this, you know, to this part, you know, and it was impressive. You know, you, you thought to yourself, you know, that takes a lot of discipline to, to stay in character, even when you take a break, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. Jeez. It's uh that's so interesting. Yeah. I, there are songwriters um, out there and, and musicians that do that. That's their, their whole thing is they, they take on a totally different character intention. Like it's, you know, what, what you and I are kind of talking about, like, you know, it's a little bit more of an extension of ourselves, I think. 
at least that's kind of how I feel about like an alter ego or something. Yeah. Whereas (laughs) like there are some musicians that go out there and they're just like a wildly different person on stage than they are like in, in real life, you know, and not only just like, you know, the adrenaline of being on stage, but they've created intentionally a character like father John Misty is one of those people to me. I don't know if you've ever listened to him, but he's, he takes on this very sarcastic, like, it's almost a com- like a dark comedian sort of vibe <laughs> on stage. And, you know, I don't think that that's actually the person that he is. You know, it's, it's a really interesting thing with, with him. Um, and I've always been curious to learn more about him. But, uh, yeah, so, um, okay, well, I think we've, we've covered a lot of good ground with all, all this stuff, kind of talking about your art and uh you know exploring other other types of art and stuff um so i would really love to talk about your piece uh the musician sings the monster we are i think it's it's an excellent piece um and you know it's it's interesting talking about something so visual in a almost all audio format like this but um you know i'll definitely post uh a photo of if you're all right with this a photo of the 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 piece so people can see what we're talking about so um or they can definitely go on your instagram facebook or website check it out as well um so if you were to describe this to someone who um you know who is seeing it for the first time what what would your elevator pitch be i guess (laughs) (laughs) well it's a it's a painting i think that that the when you initially look at it there's a vibe about it that's pretty much abstract um so you can definitely at a, with maybe a few more seconds you can uh, um, you can see that there's figures in it you know faces in it and and figures in it um, so I, it's kind of a, a one of the styles that I've really been working with where I'm uh, kind of starting off with it with the piece as if it's an abstract piece with kind of just in the back of my mind that there's going to be some figurative things that happen. Um, and in this piece too, I, I kind of use, uh, there's an element that I use that's kind of part of my father's work, which is uh, uh, when you look at the piece around the perimeter of the piece, there's kind of a frame uh, where it's like uh the top half of the picture is blue and the very outside of it, there's kind of a, a different blue that kind of frames it. So yeah. you have kind of a rounded uh, corner rectangle that's that's in the piece. And these are just like a kind of a compositional uh, element of how you divide the space, how you lay out the, the shapes in space. So, um, so sometimes I like doing that uh, because that was probably my favorite thing about what my father did. And also it's kind of a way to kind of uh, uh, give him a little nod, you know, a little, little, uh, you know, tribute to him in a way. Uh, He did not really very often do anything with figures in it Mm. um, professionally at least. So, um, and one of the things that when, when you're doing this, because you have the human figure involved, you have a represent, representational thing like a human figure. And in this case, there's a guitar in there. Um, but you're trying to work it kind of from an abstract angle. 
there's a danger that once you start seeing the figures that you start developing them more as a more of a realistic representational kind of look that argues with the with the uh, abstract elements. And so to try to get those things to kind of sit together and, and fit together, it's kind of a, a little bit of a balancing act there. And I, I'll talk about uh, when I'm working on these things and I'm evaluating what I'm doing, I'll, I'll talk about, I need to loosen it up or I need to tighten it up. Yeah. So if it's too abstract, then I might want to tighten things up a little bit and make things a little more definite. Uh, but if it's getting to be too kind of uh, uptight, then I'll want to loosen it up. And so I've developed some techniques for how to deal with that. And uh, uh, sometimes I'll pour paint or spatter paint, uh, use the paint in a kind of out of control way that loosens things up. Um, sometimes, and in this piece, um, one of the things that I did was I did a lot of the drawing with, uh, with my power drill <laughs> with, yeah. a, with a grinding bit on the power drill and it grinds lines into the, to the wood. Uh, as, as I mentioned earlier, this is done on a door. Yeah. So uh, the surface is wood. So um, a lot of the just kind of laying out the space was done with this power drill, um, which makes grooves in the painting. And of course, because it's a power drill, you can't really control it totally to to the point of being uh, you know too anal about it, you know, too compulsive about it. So that helps loosen things up. Um, and then I added some some uh, some scraps of wood and metal. Uh, some of those objects, and in this case, the uh, objects basically either form shapes or lines. Um, I used some of that uh, blue me blue metal that I was talking about. It came from a blue, an old blue tin box that I cut up. Um, so, uh, so it, it's the piece I think is interesting because it. One of the reasons I picked that piece to to talk about was that it has a lot of the elements that I work with, with like the found objects or the repurposed materials, and uh, also this uh, method of using the the drill to this crude uh, tool to draw with. Yeah, it's it's interesting uh, how you know you talked about how you want to be abstract but not too abstract you know if you go one way or the other you have to tighten up or uh or loosen up which is a really interesting way to i've never thought about art that way uh which is it's a really cool thing to hear you talk about that and i think uh you know a way i can definitely relate is uh with songwriting right you know it's like you definitely um you know sometimes what uh what i think about when i'm like writing a song is okay, I could go like super, super, super weird with this, you know, or, or I could kind of ring in it, rein it in a little bit, have like a catchy chorus after some weird action going on, especially with Parasity Fire. We did a lot of, a lot of kind of stuff like that, where we like really pushed it to the edge of where we thought it was just like maybe too weird, where like to the point where we probably wouldn't even enjoy it that much, you know? Uh, 
so I guess where where's the line? You know, how do you determine that line of like what's too abstract for you, or or uh, or what isn't abstract enough? Like, is that about the consumer, or is that about more like what you enjoy? Well, uh, I'm very lucky, and my father uh, all through my life, and I and I always try to remember when he talked to me about these things, but, but I remember him talking. And I think some of the reading that I did too, you know, there was always this, uh, this sense of what the pure artist did and the pure artist basically was not concerned with the consumers, you know? Yeah. Um, you take an artist like Picasso, you know, who's, who's one that, that a lot of people know, very free, very um, playful with what he did. And he was uh, fortunate that people dug what he did and, and he became successful. Um, but he was one of those pure people, pure artist uh, personalities, almost to a fault uh, uh, in his personal relationships. Sometimes I think that got in the way because we were talking earlier about that need to, to create, you know, mm. feeling like you, you need to do this every day. Um, but I'm very, I think I'm very fortunate because I'm not doing the art to make a living. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I joke a lot of times that, uh, that I'm unusual in Austin cause I'm a musician with a pension, you know, <laughs> which yeah. is a very enviable <laughs> place to be. You know, it gives yeah. me a lot of freedom and yeah. with the art, it gives me a lot of freedom too. So I'm able to create, uh, however, I feel that I want to, what, what I want to express. And so I think that because of that, um, I rely on my instincts, uh, my artistic in instincts to decide whether something's working or not. And I, yeah. I, uh, I, it's funny. I, I usually put the pieces when I'm working on them, I'll put them on the, the, uh, the uh, hearth of a, our fireplace and put some lights on it and sit down and uh, take a look at it, evaluate. And I, it, it's funny, it's become such a ritual that, that uh, and I enjoy it. And, and I'll be looking at something, I'll go, okay, evaluation. <laughs> you know, and I'll take it in the room and sit down and take a look at it. First and, draft. Uh, kind yeah. Of thing. yeah. Get, and, and immediately, I think almost immediately, I, being in that different uh, environment, being a little further away from it, getting some good light on it. Um, when you're working on things, sometimes you're so close to them, you know, you're not seeing that big picture and you kind of see the big picture and you almost immediately know whether it's working or not. And yeah. a lot of times you can see right away what is not working or something that you thought, I don't know about this. Like kind of like you were saying about, I don't know if this is too weird. You know, sometimes you sit back and you listen to it or you for me to sit back and look at it and you go, this is brilliant. Yeah. You know, this part that I thought was totally awkward and thought was a problem. That's not a problem. Maybe this other thing that I thought was perfect is a problem. Um, yeah. Well, well, it's interesting. I think, you know, what you're talking about, uh, kind of removing it from the place you worked on it and putting it in a different spot to, you know, really give it the right environment to give it a total look. I think it's, it's, it's a, it reminds me a lot of, uh, you know, when you've been working for days in a studio to record 
music and all the pieces are there and they're together and the whoever is helping you with like sound engineering or, or uh, producing has mixed the stuff for you um and then you know you just get sent these tracks and it's like this moment of like okay when you're in it and you're like in the studio space and you're working on it it's like everything sounds different than later on when you're sent the final product and you're like okay i'm and what is what sometimes it's like what is this why <laughs> what did we do and then other times it's it's a like pleasant surprise it's better than you thought which is a really interesting moment but i think you know that removing yourself from your own or, or i guess giving i don't know what i'm trying to say giving um giving that art kind of a different uh platform with yourself to give it an honest review i think is is important whatever you're doing you know yeah um, it's like so. the car the car test that's what we all what i always did with the tapes or the cds you know get it to that point yep. okay i'm gonna go sit in the car you know and give it the car test see what it sounds like in my car you know and a lot of times you could tell things about it from that that you couldn't tell um and the other, the other way I look at the art sometimes is I do, and, and I'm, this is another thing I, I wish my dad could, could have experienced this, is that, you know, being able to take your phone and take a photograph of what you've been working on. Uh, and I typically put it on my iPad because it's bigger. And yeah. you put that image on the iPad, you flip it up onto the iPad, you see the whole image just as one, you know, you see that big picture and immediately, a lot of times, you see things when you do that, um, where you're looking at the photograph of it, and you think, oh, this is, uh, this is wrong, <laughs> or, or this is working very well. Um, yeah. It's kind of like the, the art version of the car test. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's so interesting um, that there is sort of some parallel there. Uh, but yeah, because I think that's a really fascinating thing about this show so far and talking to so many different artists is like discovering the similarities between different mediums. There's just so many, you know, there's so many things where it's just sort of all interwoven, you know, in a lot of ways, just the create, the creative mind and the creative, um, you know, outlet like that, whatever the medium is, seems there seems to be a lot of things going on that's that overlap each other, which is really cool. Um so I guess, you know, let's talk about the concept of, of um, the musician sings the monster we are. Like, talk about, so you gave it that name, um, and, you know, I can definitely see the monster part of it. You know, I can definitely see that, and I can see the guitar as the music thing. Um, so, I mean, I guess, like, when did that concept hit you? Like, when do you name something like this? Is this just, like you look at it when it's on above the fireplace and you're like, that's what this is called. Or does that hit you somewhere along the way? Or maybe you just talk about this particular painting, how that worked. Yeah. I think with the, for one thing, the, the painting, this painting's part of a group. It's kind of, I've been working on a, a, a series called life series. And then that kind of morphed into life in pandemic, you know? So, uh, kind of reacting to what's going on. Uh, we're all trying to deal with this in, in different ways. And uh, so I've got a lot that are about uh, some of the elements of being quarantined or the fear um, or uh, other aspects of it. And the life series is, was kind of started from the idea of 
of asking the question, why are we as human beings, why are we so awful to each other so many times, you know? Why do we uh, mistreat each other? And so looking into that kind of went along with the with the with what's happening in the pandemic because there is so much uh, bad stuff happening. I can't think of a more articulate way to say it, but um, yeah. we're witnessing a lot of things that, that were, are frightening to us and, and are disturbing to us. So... Um, one of the things that I've really had to, to face with this series is all the ways that we're finding out as human beings how we have mistreated each other um, through history. And all through history, um, these things have happened. And trying to search for why is it that we do that, you know, um, has brought up a lot of things and there's a lot of things that you'll read about. Um, I was just reading about today about a artwork that had been taken from Africa um, by force and ended up in a museum and the, and the awful way that that artwork got to the museum, basically, you know, mm. um, a culture was practically pretty much destroyed and those were like the artwork was like the spoils of some battle kind of thing going on and you, you look at that and you think to yourself you know um gee i you don't realize when you and i've spent a lot of time in art museums uh worked in an art museum as a matter of fact that one of the one of the things that was in there was african art Mm. And uh, the man who collected that was my father's boss and a family friend. And you look back on that and you think, oh, gosh, I, I hope that he acquired that in an ethical way. You know, yeah. um, so when you're thinking about things like that, it's easy to kind of look at people, including yourself. There, there are times that we're monsters, you know, we do monstrous, uh, monstrous things to each other and to, and, and to the, and to the planet even, you know? So, uh, as I was working on this piece and, and it was coming along very organically and the, the figures were starting to, to develop a personality, um, the monster thing kind of came around with that. And I thought, well, this is good because what this is, this goes along with some of the things I'm discovering is that, and that, and how musicians many times will choose as their subject to expose uh, injustice and expose thing, bad things that happen. Um, a lot of times musicians, a lot, a lot of my favorite musicians, they'll deal with that, you know, um, which I respect because you listen to it and you think, well, this music is about something. Yeah. It's not just fluff. This is about something that's important. You know, artists a lot of times are interested in current events. You know, we're, we're all affected by current events. And of course, this pandemic has been a, the mother of all current events, you know, in, a, in as far as all the different ways that it's affected us. So um, the series that I've been working on uh, kind of touches on that. Those things are, are kind of... Uh, you know, uh, simmering under the surface in your uh, consciousness. So it's really easy for them to come out. Um, 
and think about uh, what's going on. So the, the, uh, and we've seen a lot, uh, I feel like we've seen a lot of kind of monstrous behavior from people um, during this time period. And so um, the piece, the kind of the point of the piece, which of course just kind of came from how the piece evolved uh, is kind of pointing out how, you know, that a musician will speak to these injustices and will speak to the monster that we are. Uh, and so I think that it's, uh, and I think it's important, uh, I think it's important to be introspective and, and to always want to grow as a person and not be just satisfied with who you are, but, but always be looking for ways to, to be the best person that you can be. Um, so I think that artists are, tend to be very introspective. You kind of almost can't create original art without being that way and thinking about, you know, what's going on behind the scenes. Um, so, uh, so this was kind of a natural for that. Uh, some of the other pieces that I've done are about um, kind of our ignoring uh, the reality of the pandemic, wanting to go on with life uh, and just ignore it. People getting just tired of, of uh, dealing with the protocols and just kind of deciding, uh, I've just decided I'm just going to go ahead and live my life. And, and uh, so that's kind of been kind of the subject of a, of a lot of it. And uh, one of the things that, that uh, is in a lot of the pieces from that series is I did some block prints that were just kind of random uh, human forms, almost like tumbling through space. Mm. Um, and those will be used a lot of times in the background. Um, you'll have a background space. And then if you look at it closely, there's all these bodies in there. And, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to be morbid about it, but at the same time, you kind of want to honor um uh, all the people who've been lost to this. Yeah. And that's kind of a, that was kind of a, a way that I uh, put that into it. Um, and I'm, and I've been uh, kind of interested in, in doing printmaking. And of course I do it in probably the crudest, most <laughs> primitive way <laughs> that there is to do it. Uh, I've done a lot of uh, things that have mono prints in them. Mono prints, uh, basically is a, a print where it's they're one of a kind you basically paint an image onto something and then put a piece of paper or print that onto something and that's that's what a mono print is and then a block print is where you carve out part of a material um, okay. so you have a surface that prints and a, per, a surface that's been cut out that won't print um, so um, I, I always kind of, one of my other influences is folk art, which is very primitive, very naive at times. And so these prints have kind of put that element into, into the pieces too. Um, you know, with art, it sounds like part of the gig, if you want to get placed anywhere, you know, or things like that, or, you know, kind of get your stuff sold online or get people to look at it. You also have to know what you're doing with the camera, you know, and you have to know how to play with lighting and stuff like that. And that's just really interesting. And maybe something you didn't think about when you were starting to paint, you know, I don't know if that's 
you know, much you, you gave thought to, like, I'm going to have to figure out how to take photos of these later, but it's a interesting kind of element of it, I guess. I think you're always, you're always trying to, to improve on that if you can. Um, I do think it's, uh, uh, it's a lot easier than it was when you had to get slides because that was something where you had to go get the, the film uh, developed into slides and then mm-hmm. uh, slides are not easy to look at without a projector. Uh, yeah. You may have a little viewfinder viewer that you can look at them, but uh, <laughs> um, the immediacy of what we're able to do um, and it's the same way with music too, you know, because there, there are, uh, I mean, when you think about it, it's it's wonderful that you can do the things that you're talking about doing the video shows or the streaming shows that you're doing um, during this time period where we can't get out and play live. Uh, it's pretty amazing what we can do uh, because of having the technology. It's yeah. not perfect, but it gets things out there, makes things happen. So. Sure does. Look at us right now. You know, we're, we're yeah. chatting, even though it's it's probably not totally safe to get together, you know, and, uh, right. you know, we're still making this happen and, uh, you know, in a safe and and uh, responsible way. But, you know, we're all the way across town, you know, and I the author I interviewed is in Jersey. You know, it's just kind of cool. It opens up opportunities. It's definitely not all negative. You know, this technology stuff, you know. Oh, right. We're right. Well, with, and it's, think of trying to plan your tours that you did without the internet you know oh yeah nope i don't even know i think you i don't know i don't even know like a lot of phone calls i I don't even know (laughs) well rick i want to just say thank you so much for joining me today and and sharing um your art with us you know even in a talking format it's so interesting to kind of just learn more about how you create and and uh i really appreciate your time it's been a pleasure brian always well, thank you. Um, and go uh, follow Rick Steinberg at artworksricksteinberg.com or um, or go to that website or uh, follow him at Rick Steinberg Artworks on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, that's where you go check out everything. And if you'd like to order a piece, uh, hit him up. His email's on the website. Um, and I'm sure uh, he will he will find some kind of way to do it. Um, but yes, uh Thank you again, and uh, have a great day. I really appreciate your time. Well, thank you, Brian, and I hope to see you soon out in the live music world when it yes when it comes back. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for listening to the Greetings from Wherever podcast. To support the show, please visit patreoncom music or just like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.